Welcome to the latest episode of On The Brink Podcast. I do want to start out today's episode by going over some of the top games, or, you know, games in general for the PlayStation 4 that are getting ready to come out. This is in no particular order, but starting at number one, of course, is a game that everyone knows, and that is The Last of Us 2 that will be releasing on June 19th. Now, I know that there's been a lot of rumors that have been coming out for it. I don't want to get into it here. I did get curious. I did look up some of those rumors. But I'm not going to go into them because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, and the second game is another game that people are anticipating, and that is Ghost of Tsushima, which will be releasing on July 17th of this year. And it's going to be an open adventure world adventure game that has a lot of people excited. I am excited to play it. I'm going to try to get it pre-ordered in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, the, the game looks really good. And there is another game that's com- coming out and for the PS4, and that is called Windbound. Which will be releasing on August 28th of 2020. And it is also a it's a survival game. Now I don't know much about this game because I just now found out, but I'm just running over you know some of the games that are coming out this year. Then we have Marvel's Avengers. Um, I've seen some gameplay footage of the Marvel game. It doesn't look that bad. Now for people that are hoping that they did get the voice actors for the. Uh, Marvel game will be disappointed. None of the actual actors from the movies will be portraying their characters as far as what they have shown. And I think a lot of that has to be due to the fact that, you know, trying to get all these top tier actors uh, for Marvel to do voice work for the game would probably cost them a crap ton of money. Unless they're, you know, they're under contract, they just did want to do it and get new actors to play and, and different, you know a different take on them that could be and another highly anticipated game which is cyberpunk 2077 which looks like a very fantastic game and i was watching some youtubers talking about the uh collector's edition of of the game and they said that it was well worth the buy and I think I went to agree with them. The uh, little action figure that you get with it, uh, figuring, looks really cool and really good. And I am half tempted to get the collection edition of Cyberpunk. But I'm also tempted to get the uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you know, collection edition. I, I I'm not. I didn't. I know I'm not gonna be able to afford both of them, you know, just because that's that is a lot of money. But which whenever I do decide to get, it's gonna it, it's gonna be pretty big. Then we have a game called Going Under, which will be releasing in September twentieth. Uh, will be re- releasing September of twenty twenty, to be correct. There is no actual, like, date. We just have a month. Um, and then, of course, we got Assassin's Creed Valhalla. As I was talking about just a little bit ago. 
Now that game will be released in holiday of 2020. We don't have official like date. We just have a month. We don't even have a month. We just have you know a holiday. But I do think this game will possibly release in November, uh, before Black Friday, because it, it will be a very big seller if they can release around Black Friday. You will have a lot of people going up and picking picking that game up, especially if you know the world events are, are starting to die down. A lot of people will be flocking to stores to uh, to buy that game. Um, and it also depends that if Assassin's Creed Valhalla is also going to launch with the PlayStation Five when it first launches. Now, as far as I know, the port of Assassin's Creed Valhalla will come at a later date, but they may surprise us and actually release it alongside the console. So that's one thing I am skeptical on is that. Right now, with PlayStation, we don't know if they're going to do some type of system like a smart delivery. So, PlayStation fans could end up buying the game for the PlayStation 4 and having to turn around and spend another 60 or $80 on the PlayStation 5 version and not even would have to pay double. And that's not nobody wants that. So uh, I do think that uh, PlayStation will have some type of feature in place. I don't see them letting Microsoft steal a lot of their fans. But it's a game that I, I would probably say hold off on just till you hear more until it gets like closer to release date. And another game that's coming out this year will be Gods and Monsters. Um, some of these games I am going to look up after stream to get an idea that I will... Uh, you know, let you guys know more about it. I might do a special, uh, an episode dedicated to the upcoming games. But that one is to be released, uh, you know, this year, 2020. There is no official month, and there is no official date. We just know it's coming out this year, and this is going to be an adventure game. Um, another game is called Boundary, which. Again, no official month and no official date. We just know it's coming out this year. This is going to be in the FPS genre. Um, from this little, little like little few minutes trailer, doesn't look that bad. And you know that 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 that's it for the uh, PlayStation section of it. Now. We do know that PlayStation is going to have a lot of big games coming out this year, especially with their AAA games. And Microsoft, you know, it's not that far behind. They are going to be trying to get, you know, a lot of their big titles coming out this year. I think I'm going to try to compile a list of the top, the some of the best games coming out just for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, and I'll also do a Switch thing, and I'll, I'll throw it into a little podcast thing, and, you know, to let viewers know of what some of the best games are coming out. You know, I might I might exclude the top, you know, best, the big AAA games, because I think by now most people know about Assassin's Creed and, like, Cyberpunk and The Last of Us 2 um, and Ghost of Tsushima. I, I kind of hope, and what got me on this was that 
there is a rumor going around that that Square Enix might be working on a Lacey collection for Final Fantasy 7, which would include, you know, the original Final Fantasy 7 for the PlayStation 1, you know, Dirge uh, of Cerberus, Crisis Core, and maybe even before Crisis, all in one bundle for the Switch. Um, has a hardcore Final Fantasy 7 fan, that would be an instant buy for me, even though I already have. I have the remake, and I have the uh, original Final Fantasy VII on my PlayStation 4. I would just rebuy the game just to have it on my Switch, and to be able to go back and play a game like Crisis Core on the Switch be uh, would be very cool, because I do think there's a lot of people now, since they have played the remake, there's a lot of people that want to play Crisis Core, and just, you know, not able to, because... You have to go out and go go out and buy you know a PSP, which you know may not cost you that much. Maybe at the most you know like sixty seventy dollars, and that's mostly for the system. You might be able to find Crisis Core for like a cheap, you know ten to fifteen bucks, depending on where you find it at online. Um, so it probably won't cost much to do it, but you know that's just you know that's kind of like a hassle. And so to be able to have it on your Switch, with you know the power of the Switch, that would be fantastic. Cause you know a lot of people are discovering these other Final Fantasy games now that they played the remake. They're just wanting to go back, you know, and be able to play it. And I think that'd be very very cool to have all the games. And as big as Final Fantasy VII I am, I've never played before Crisis. Uh. Because it, it, it was a mobile game that came out in, like, 04. So, I, I had actually never heard of it until recently. Now, the mobile version does not have that great of graphics. Because, again, you're talking about 04 technology and what they had at the time. Which, compared to the, today's standards, is just not that great. Um, but, for Microsoft... I know people might get tired of doing this. Either I think they should reboot this series or come out with another game. I do think that it, that series is called Fable. I loved Fable. It's one of the reasons why I got an original Xbox back in the day. It's because of that game. And it was one big reason why I wanted the 360. It's because, the, you know, you know, Fable 2 and 3 came out. I mean, and those games... I remember playing those games when I was a kid, and, and we, I just I had a fun time playing them. It's a shame that they, they stopped making them. The studio, I think, went, I had to file for bankruptcy. I'm not too for sure on that. So don't quote me on that. But they had, at one point, was started to create a Fable multiplayer game, and that fell through, and they have never touched Fable since. I have heard some things, and, I, and again, this isn't, far as what well, I know, this is not from, like, a reliable source, but that there's a potential that they could potentially do a Fable game. Whether that's a sequel to Fable 3, I don't know, or would it be a reboot of the series? Because the very first Fable game came out, I think, 03, 04, around that time. 
So you you talk about what for what they had at the time, you know, with on the original Xbox, uh, Fable One's graphics were were very good, but imagine the way Fable could look on a possible Xbox One or an Xbox Series X. Um, and I do think that if they did potentially make a Fable remake or something, you know, collection with, you know, since it's technically like remake, they could potentially say, hey, we want to make a Fable remake, but we want to release it in a collection. And I know it, with the remake on the size of Fable with this graphics being up, you know, Upscaled with today's graphics, you know, you know, then you talk about audio, you know, the visuals, you know, the voice acting. Um, you would probably have to go back and get new voice actors to do all this stuff. So you probably talk about if you did that for all three, you're probably looking, unfortunately, probably at least a good 120 bucks for all three. Um, so I think for that reason they probably won't do all three at once but we never know if they start off and they redid fable one and upscaled it with today's graphics i think it, it would sell there's a lot of fans that would would buy it hell even if it's a reboot a complete reboot i would be fine with it as long as you uh, retain the core aspects of what fate made made it fable and that was the good and evil system which is not that far from any you know morality system that they've had in games the games like you know knights of the old republic series that that had it too with the light and dark side meter um other games have done it you know where your choices affect whether you're good or bad and, you know, Fable did a good job of that. Um, and just like they did with the Knights of the, of the Republic, the way, if you was good, it showed in your character's appearance. And if you, if you was, I think, like, turning evil, you grew, like, horns and stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I will admit, as the series went on, you know, it didn't get better. Like, Fable 1, I would still argue it's one of the better ones. Um, maybe that's because it was the first one. Fable 2 was a, was a you know, improvement on the series, a step up. I do think Fable 3, in a lot of aspects, was a step backwards. And, because, you know, some of the side quests and some of the main story missions when I played it, you know, it can feel a little bit tedious and just didn't, you know, didn't work. And then it's a shame that we we don't have another Fable to correct that. But if they do uh, decide to bring Fable back, I I would that would be an instant buy for me, just to try it. You know, and then there's along with that there's rumors. Not only of them possibly rebooting the uh, Knights of the Old Republic series too, the games. Now I don't know if the same studio would do the Knights of the Old Republic games. Um, 
course, you know, this came long after they, it's being rumored that they're going to do a Knights of the Old Republic style movie. Uh, again, I don't know how true any of this is, but I would say with, you know, a Fable game and a Knights of the Old Republic style game, you would have a lot of fans buying it. Even, again, that's the same thing with Fable, is that if you did a remastered version, a remake version on the scale of Final Fantasy VII for a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the first one, people would buy that. You slap that, on, you slap $60 tile, uh, price point on that, I think there's a lot of people that would buy it. Um, I know... The the downside to that is is as large as what Final Fantasy VII was, and look, I think Star Wars: Knights of the Republic was a very massive game too. It was a very massive game, but if you are just remaking the game and not adding nothing to it, and they're just adding, you know, and they have to go back and get, you know potentially get the voice actors if they can or if they have to get new ones that's fine um but you you would cost less than what Square Enix had to do for FF7 because see they added a lot of new stuff to it and and expanding on it has with if you just making a straight up remake all you really have to do is enhance the visual. You might have to give you know, a few of the voice act- the actors come back in, which that could be costly too. I'm not saying it, um, but you would it'll be cost a lot less than what Square Enix did, and you could probably get it out quicker. Um, Knights of the Old Republic two. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I played that multiple times, beat it, you know, both the light and the dark side. I wasn't a, much of a fan of the uh, uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2. I wasn't much a fan of that one. Mm, you know, the, of course, they have the PC version of it, the Old Republic. Um, I did have a character on it. I might have to jump back on it at some point. The only downside is that you can't play it on console. Which, you know, sucks. And you have to pay... You don't have... Well, you don't have to play monthly. They do have a free option now where you can play for free. But some things are still locked behind that paywall. That paywall. So, I mean, that sucks. But... If they do make another one of those games, I'm down. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you would be down. Um... We do know that... We are getting a PlayStation uh, 5 event sometime next month. I I have been hearing that it's going to be earlier in a month now. So that is cool that we might be potentially getting a PlayStation event even earlier in the month of June. I don't think that they're going to release the price point for the 5. But I do think they're going to show off the console in some way. You know, which will draw hype around it they might announce some features for the console i do think that they need to possibly uh announce some type of like 
smart delivery feature uh, so people can rest a little bit easier because people want to be able to play the, the games that they buy on the 4 and be able to just upgrade it to the latest for you know the upgraded version for the consoles then when they come out because believe it or not there's a lot of people that won't rebuy a game for the next system you know what the people are like you know what I bought that on a four I'm not rebuying it paying another fifty sixty dollars for the game and And these, these is YouTubers that was talking about, I had discovered the video that's talking about, should you buy games day one? You know, and that got me thinking. And they, they was right on some aspects, and the fact that games nowadays, uh, games nowadays do not hold the same amount of value that they did back in the day. They just don't. Especially if you're looking at like, you know, online only games, sports games, those games never hold their values. Ever hold their values. As the months go on, they drop in price pretty fast. And even a lot of AAA games drop in price nowadays. Uh... Fallout 76 is a prime example. That game was a dump, dumpster fire of a disaster. It was poorly marketed. Um, a lot of bugs. A lot of glitches. That just kept popping up, I think. And it just... It was a mess. And that game instantly went down from 60 I think it's down, down to like $15. And it dropped rapidly. I think you can still find that game on sale. I mean, another game that didn't do well was Metal Gear Survive. Their attempt at taking Metal Gear into, like, zombies. That game was, like, in the top ten best-selling games, and it quickly dropped out, and then immediately dropped in price. A lot of games today don't hold their value. Even, like, a month to two to three months after, you will see games dropping, whether well, it's by five, you know, or ten, or sometimes even fifteen dollars. You will see games uh, dropping, and um, which brings me to more online multiplayer games. I have been burned a few times by multiplayer games. Um, my advice for multiplayer games is that maybe wait two three months before you get them. Because look, Anthem, I do I did like Anthem. I re, I really did. Anthem was was a good game. It just didn't have enough stuff content there. Um, it never felt like you was progressing fast enough. I think that was one of the issues, and that's one of its major problems that they just couldn't keep up with. And and it wasn't just Anthem. Look, I will say it. The Division 2 wasn't that much better. I mean, it was a good game. What made The Division 2 a better game than Anthem was, is, as my friend said that I played on PlayStation, is that Anthem had less loot than Division. 
Division 2 had so much loot, but not enough content. And you really did the same thing in Division. You shoot and cover, shoot and cover. And that gets very repetitive real fast. Um, you know, and Division 2 had its problems too. Division 2 was, it's not a game, and they've even said it themselves. Division 2, it has a story to it. But their main focus wasn't the story. It was more on the multiplayer aspect. You can go through the entire game and not really understand the story of Division 2. Because you're not really meant... The way the game is designed is not really meant to play the story. It's just to play with your friends and you know level up and do the Dark Zone stuff. Um, but you know, multiplayer games can be hit and miss. Because... Now, as far as, like, day one, I do kind of agree with them that unless you're going to play the game on day one, actual release day, then there's no point in buying a day one game for 60 70 or even $100 because it's a waste of money. If you know you're not going to play, have a chance to play that game for two, three weeks, then there's no point in buying a day one game. Like, my friend who bought uh, Ghost of Tsushima, he is going to play that game day one. I almost guarantee you, he is going to be he's going to be diving into the Ghost of Tsushima. People like that, yes, should buy day one game. But people that know that they can't, it's not because, you know, they can't afford it or just, just because, you know, life events, you know. You know, a lot of people have jobs, you know. That they, that they just really can't get there. And a lot of people just don't have time to play games. You know, may only have an hour to, may not even be able to play games on a daily basis. May only be able to play games, like, maybe once every two or three weeks. So, you know, for the people like that, is you should be you should wait. Because sometimes these games do drop in uh, price. With each month that goes by. And for like multiplayer games especially. You know. Within like two months. You have like three or four updates. You know. Quality of life updates that fix the game. And make it better. So you're getting a better experience. Than what day one players did. And you're getting it for a cheaper price. And it's for sometimes. For games. You know, you can go in there with again with those four or five updates that makes your better experience than day one players, and you're able to buy the deluxe edition for the same price that for a cheaper price than what people had to pay for the original edition, uh, deluxe edition. Because usually, de- deluxe editions start about 80 bucks, and sometimes a deluxe edition will drop down to 20 dollars. Not twenty. Uh, will jump to sixty dollars. So you're saving twenty dollars, you know, and getting the full package. It, it can't come more better. I bought games like that, um, that have dropped in price. Like I'm kind of tempted to get Days Gone, because it, it's dropping in price a few times. Now I don't know if the sale's still going on for it, but I, that game has dropped in price a few times, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um. But that is going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. And until next Friday, see ya.